Hello, and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we've been in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Danielle Snyder hoofs it all the way across the country, back to the East Coast, to join us for a little 100K run in the mountains called Twisted Branch. She did some other things while she was out there as well, but she came back just to run with us, I think, and see dogs, East Coast dogs. Uh, so Danielle used to live in Rochester, Rochester native, and uh, then she left us um, for big mountains and big adventures out on the West Coast. But now she's back for a bit, and we're going to chat about what she's been doing out there, what she's been doing here. Sound good? Yes. All right. So... Uh, with that, let's get into the <laughs> trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. <laughs> All right. So, um, how long has it been since you moved out to the West Coast? Like two years? Yeah, two years. Two years. Right after Twisted Branch, two years ago. Right. You, like, finished and hoofed it, right? Yeah. You're like, I need some bigger mountains to run. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I went to the Grand Canyon, and then hmm. I went to the West Coast. Okay. I mean, it was still the timing, right? Yeah. It's about yeah, the same sorry. time. You weren't really concerned about specifics. <laughs> no, that's what we're here for. <laughs> we are here to get deep into this stuff. So um, what you've been doing out there, people want to know. They need mm-hmm. the inside scoop. Well, I guess this isn't on the down low if I talk about it, but I live in a cider shack. A cider shack? What's it like? Like a like you stomping on apples? No, but oh. this is all secret, so I can't really. <laughs> <laughs> I can't disclose where. Do you do you know how microphones and recordings and podcasts work? I haven't slept a lot since I've gotten home. Okay, but it's just between us. Okay, yeah, just just us friends. <laughs> <laughs> well. You're thinking about living in a cider shack someday. Yes, I'm thinking about living in a cider shack someday. So if I was to live in a cider shack someday, it would be because I had to leave the house I was living in with Aaron, my boyfriend, very quickly. Or fiancé, we're engaged. Okay, yeah, I mean, Um, that's where people go, to cider shacks. So he owns a cider company. In a warehouse with the cider company, and we had to get out of the house with his old business partner. Mm. And we thought we would, you know, if we had to, we would live in a cider warehouse and make a shack in it. You'd be stomping apples full time. That's on the other warehouse. Oh, okay. So we live in the the distribution. We live in the like where the. Uh, where the equipment is, like on the other oh. side. So we're not near this. Well, like you could walk outside and go to the cider. Okay. So this is, this is interesting. Yeah, it was interesting to tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so we live in a warehouse. In All a, right. A little box that's. You made a house within a house. Yeah, it's a little oh, box. Um, it's kind of like camping full time. 
Yeah. We shower with a hose. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's connected to hot water. Uh, so it's not like a cold shower. It's it's better than the shower you had at Twisted Branch, right? Did yeah. you get in the lake? After yeah, you I did. See? I yeah. mean, it was, it was a cold lake, but. Yeah, it's a really non-traditional shower, <laughs> I like to call it. Okay. Um, but, All right. Yeah, so that's where I am. I'm living in the West Coast in a right. cider shack. And eating mountains for breakfast, right? Yeah, I'm getting out to a lot of mountains. Mm. So when you left, did you think like I'm going out and um I'm going to get myself a big time coach and start being a big time runner or did you just think I'm going out to the West Coast and mountains and going to find me a man in a cider shack? I totally thought I am dedicated to finding a man and wanting to live in a warehouse <laughs> and shower with a hose. You have like achieved what next? You've achieved all your dreams. I mean, I think I could be a role model to girls everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> My engagement ring is one of those uh what are, the silicone yeah, rings. Yeah, the the Kahlo, Kahlo rings. Because that's what I wanted. So really, I think I'm typical. Typical woman. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty great. Well, I'm taking a picture of you, and the window behind you kind of looks broken, so it's like you're in a podcast shack. I feel right at home. <laughs> but it may, you know, then, like, I feel like I'm constantly on an adventure. And I decided, like, I'd write up a little journal article about it after we're out of the shack. Okay, yeah, like a tell-all. Yeah, but I can't do <laughs> I can't do it because it's a secret. Yeah, this is totally, I mean, this is, the, nobody will ever hear this. I and mean, I am really good at secrets. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that right now. <laughs> that are not in my life. Okay. Like, if other people disclose secrets to me, I would keep it quiet. I'm, you know, I'm a therapist, right. but. So, um, at, yeah. at Twisted Branch last night, did anybody tell you any secrets on the trail? No, I actually ran most of it alone. Why? Until I picked up my pacer. Why do you think you ran most of it alone? Because I smelled really fucking bad. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just, that's okay. It's not a children's show. Oh, I okay. smelled bad, and so I don't think anyone wanted to be around me. Yeah, so that, that one girl ran away from you, and then you were, like, chasing her down. You're like, no, check out. <laughs> just smell this. <laughs> she, she, you know. Let's tell folks what we're talking about, huh? Cause, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, you came back, and you ran Twisted Branch. And um, because you've been eating mountains for breakfast out west every day, you were running in the front, basically chasing the first place runner. And between that, we were watching the whole time, and the two of you were pretty much 20 minutes apart the whole race, you know. So that was fun to watch as far as timing stuff goes. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I really wanted it to be like a race to the mm – -hmm. Finish. Yeah, like swoop in, steal the prize, and fly back out. <laughs> you know. No, I had a, I like to make the goals when I'm running. Yeah. Okay. So originally my goal was like, well, after I had started and I got to the, what is it, Bud Valley to pick up my pacer, I was mm -hmm. convinced I could run to the end in 13 hours, which if you do the math, like that's no way. So my pacer, Jason Vidmar. Yeah, Dark Angel. <laughs> Dark Angel. Um, <laughs> AKA Dad. AKA Trail Dad. Um, 
I kept like quizzing him on it. And he was very kind and being like, yeah, that's never going to happen, Danielle. Like, we would have to do, like, seven-minute miles. Right. And then I would stop asking him about it. And then, like, five minutes later, I'd be like, are you sure? But I've done the math in my head. and So Bud Valley's mile 40 of the race, right? Yes. All right. So, and that's when you picked up Dark Angel. Yes. And you guys cruised to the to the finish. And so let's um let's bounce back. Oh sorry. No, that's good. This is what we do. We go forward, backwards, forward, backwards. We're keeping people on their toes, you know? Great. So when you went out to the West, you had you had um you've been a runner. We had you on a running podcast, so you're definitely a runner. Um but uh when you went out there you started training legit, like with a big time coach and you were you were, okay, I'm out here in the mountains. And you moved out to Bend first? Portland. Portland, and then to Bend. Mm-hmm. And wherever in an undisclosed location right now that we won't discuss. Mm-hmm. But you moved out to Portland. And was it right away that you hired a coach? Or how did you get to that process? I decided that I was going to run 100 miles, and I thought I needed someone to help me figure out what I was doing because I had no clue. And so I had a friend who was coaching with David Mm -hmm. Roach, and he, I don't know, he might have been taking clients, he might have not, but I sent him a picture of my dog because he likes dogs a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you want to be my coach? And he was like, okay. So Looks like you got four legs. Looks like you can get up the mountain pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) He was all for it. Um, And that was my first or this is my first experience with a coach, and it's definitely been a different uh, challenge in being, like, held accountable for what I'm doing. So I've been known to just jump on an adventure at any time, anywhere. Um, and it's not always the smartest for your body if you're mm-hmm. not, like, letting it recover and you're doing crazy adventures all the time. Right. So he he and I have had to work together so I can learn how to be smarter. Right, and that's what I was going to ask. You you kind of are or were as as you know um, more of a spontaneous. Let's just go and yeah, why not twenty today, twenty tomorrow? Why not right? And so yeah. he's he's trying to rein that in, and you're kind of pushing back a little bit and saying, "Well, I still need that kind of fun, but let's have it in a more structured way." Yeah, he's he's good at being like, it's up to you, but this yeah. is the consequences. Like, I get hurt, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, you didn't prepare for that properly. Yeah. I love – I follow him on Strava, uh, David Roach. I follow him on Strava and Instagram, and I just love – he's, you know, he's just uh, – he seems like he's having fun with his runs, and so I feel like that might be a good mix for you. Yeah, and he actually – I mean, I think – for a while, I was getting more obsessive over, like, the time and miles and all that. And he actually convinced me to go without a GPS watch. So I ran Twisted without a GPS watch. I haven't been using any GPS or Strava or anything like that to kind of try to separate from the data of it and reconnect with myself and kind of why I love it. And mm-hmm. it's been so freeing for me. Yeah. Um. So when I he has me do speed work like once or twice a week, and when I'm doing it, I'm going based on feel. So I could be going really fast, I could be going really slow, but I, as long as I feel my effort is there, um, it hmm. I don't connect like negative 
feelings if my data isn't matching up. Right. So you can do speed work. And you feel, maybe you're not hitting, you know, maybe he's wants you to do a certain mile per minute pace. You're not hitting that, but you leave the speed workout feeling great. And you're like, wow, I feel awesome. Yeah. And you're not like, oh, I was two seconds slower on that fifth interval. And so you're not thinking about that at all. Yeah. And I think that for some people, having a, a coach like that would be really challenging. But for someone like me who could be really hard on myself, he's about like the bigger, broader perspective of like, we're all going to die someday. Like, you better be having fun. Like, this is not your job even though I'd love it for, to be my job, but it's not. It's like, right. it's, a, it's a small portion of your life, and if you're not, like, smiling and enjoying yourself, then you shouldn't, like, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, especially as challenging events happen to my friends, my family, myself, and life kind of gets hard, you and you, like, people die and things like that, you do have to kind of prioritize and look at, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. So, what are what are um, what are some of the things that make you smile when you're wandering around Bend doing non GPS runs? <laughs> oh, I love the mountains, and I that sounds so <laughs> typical, but I love the mountains and I love dogs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. so <laughs> and I mean, it's been a really well transitioning to Portland. I found a good group of running people. And then transitioning to Bend, I have a few people I run with, um, but I have not found a community like Rochester. Like, hands down, there is just not a trails community that I've found the same, like, love and welcoming. Yeah, we were all so excited. To it was say. so awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have a really hard time going back to Bend. <laughs> um, when you showed up in, in Portland, did you – immediately start looking for that or did you um go just out into the mountains and just start exploring or did you start going to local running stores and knocking on doors and i i like looked on uh like trail running websites and tried to find other people to run with and then i'd find them and then i'd be like hey you want to be my friend and they'd be like no who are you but i think that there's a lot of like transient people who go in and out of portland and like uh People say, like, they're runners, but then they can't mm. run. And I was really lucky because this girl, Keely, who runs, um, kind of took me under her wing and invited me to join her adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, like, a shit ton faster than me. So that was always fun trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> Will you be my friend? Yeah, catch me. Yeah, right? <laughs> Her legs are like the size of my body, so. <laughs> but, well, that's, that's cool, though. It's, yeah. you know, we were very, I, I was very excited to see you show up, and I know that you basically spent all Friday night giving out hugs at the race to yeah. everybody. It was very neat. Yeah. Um, and then, on Saturday, you know, I I was going around to the aid stations doing all the timing, and everybody just kept asking me, "How's Danielle doing? How's Danielle doing? Is awesome. is she catching up? Is she is she feeling good? Is she, did she say anything? You know, like, and everybody just wanted to know, like, sort of what you were doing, and kind of keep tabs on you. That's awesome. So it was really fun. So thanks for coming back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I came back for my mom's birthday, but since it, uh, I couldn't miss this race and then Scott was super helpful because uh I didn't actually register the right way 
Mm. So I signed up, but somehow I signed up. <laughs> when I was signing up, I just donated money to the FLK, but oh. I didn't actually sign up for the race. So mm. like Thursday night, he sent me a message and was like, are you running? <laughs> like, um, I've been tapering. I hope so. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm like I came. I can, so I could pay somebody for 65 miles. Yeah. So he <laughs> he helped me out. Signed me up. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And you got number 151. That's even, a great number. Yeah. Even though there was only 150 numbers, you got 151. It's pretty sweet. I have a thing. I really like odd numbers. Yeah. So before my rate, 100 miler, I did, I'm tough in Idaho. Well, I know I was in Idaho, but I don't remember when it was. September? Yeah. And they gave me an even number, and I was, like, super focused on it and bummed. <laughs> <laughs> and my crew, my awesome crew, was like, who cares? Like, yeah. let it go. But yeah. I, I like odd numbers. Yeah, I was, I wanted, that's how I was going to go next. It's like, so you got out there, you got this coach. And I wanted to ask one question about that. As far as like um, the doing the workouts, and I know you could say, okay, here's my logbook. I did this, or I, you know, you write an email or something and say, I did these many things. How does he, how does he adjust? Like, if your speed work is doing what it is intended to be doing, it's just kind of like you tell him, I did this at this fast, and I so we this. actually go by time. So mm -hmm. he'll do like three minutes times 10 mm -hmm. and so then we go based on feel which i think for a lot of runners that would be really challenging because it's not at all data driven so there's no way to know if i'm improving or not mm -hmm. um yeah but hey. i for me i think that works better yeah. um yep absolutely so you you were out there for a year cruising up and down mountains and then you decided to take on i am tough yeah. And I'm Tough's not an easy 100-miler. I don't think any 100 is easy. I There's some that are a little bit flatter like than others. 100 miles. Yeah, there's some that are a little bit flatter than others. Then you have to run more. Some are a little bit warmer than others, you know, colder than others. But, um, but you had a crew for that, right? Some awesome friends from Rochester actually flew up. Yeah, you had the East Coast crew. Yeah, which was amazing. I so um, Mart went out there, yeah. and Laura Howard, mm -hmm. and Josh Stratton. Mm -hmm. So that's not a bad crew. I like I'm kind of speechless. I it was so amazing that they flew out there. Yeah, on Stratton's podcast, we mentioned how he uh, didn't bring any clothes for, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and slept in a bathroom, and. I expect nothing less from Strat. Yeah, and that you were kind enough to give him a sheet, <laughs> a bed sheet to sleep in. You know, to be honest, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. I don't know. I just didn't give him, like, an actual sleeping bag. <laughs> like, I think about that now, and I'm like, I have, like, three sleeping bags, and I didn't give him a sleeping bag. <laughs> That's so awesome. I think I thought maybe he had a sleeping bag. Yeah. Like, I mean, why would you fly? Like, I... I pre-warned everyone because the race director emailed us and was like we're expecting snow so i told them like be prepared for winter it gets cold yeah and he like wore sandals didn't have a jacket he didn't have a fucking <laughs> jacket <laughs> i don't know it's shot what do you expect yep. yeah so that so that phantom voice that people are hearing is is more you can't see but my Mort, buddy mort's also in the studio just as more trained danielle for her first time on the podcast 
Martin won't come on the podcast by himself, so, you know, he's here with Danielle again. The last time He was... just wants to spend as much time with me when I'm home. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, yeah. It's and a great, I bring cookies. It's a great excuse. Yeah. You bring cookies, um, and you bring stories about withholding sleeping bags, so that's great. <laughs> I'm so happy that came out. I didn't mean to. No, it's fine. I mean, we're getting all the secrets out here, so it's great. This is why I don't go on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if people uh, can tell, my voice is a little bit different. It's a little scratchy, a little bit of hooting and hollering because we had a little race yesterday. Um, what What would you say were some of your highlights of your 100-miler um, that you were going through that – uh, I, I don't want to skip over I am tough at all, but I want to understand like the difference. You you went out to the West Coast, you're running mountains, and then you decide you're going to run your 100-miler, and you do it, and then what happens from there? You know, So that's sort of the way I want to go. So you did the 100-miler yes. in um, pretty darn good time, but it was 31 hours? I don't remember. Yeah, that's fine because you go by time and feel, you know. I was using a GPS watch back then. Back then, okay. Yeah, so, so um, all right. So, anyways, you do that hundred miler, and what was that experience like? And you know, overall, how did how did you, was it what you hoped it would be? I'm thinking. Good. Uh, well, no one could see me with my thinking face on, <laughs> so I had to explain. Yeah, this is this is theater of the mind, so thank you. It was a really interesting experience. I, like, look back, and I think that generally what happens is I always have fond memories looking back, um, but it, it was really hard mm-hmm. and really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I was really stoked on running afterwards for a while, and then I was really tired. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I couldn't have asked for a better. It was so beautiful out there. Yeah, I I saw pictures of the hot springs. Mm -hmm. Like there's snow floating in the ground, and people are floating in hot springs. And it's like a homegrown race. Yeah. And the race directors are really down to earth, and they like really work with the community, and. I I was just an amazing experience, um, and so I like started and I felt good, and then like mile fifty or something, I was really tired, and in my head because of my training, I wouldn't be tired at mile fifty, which now like of course you ran fifty miles, like you're gonna be tired, but right. it wasn't like something that was explicitly like thought out in my head. Right. So I was, like, really bummed. You're, like, disappointed in yourself. I was. Yeah. I was like, why am I so tired at mile 50? Um, and my friend was pacing me, Marta, who uh, lives in Portland, and she was like, you're supposed to be tired. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And so up until, like, mile 60, I was okay mentally, and then I strap jumped in with me, and he had to, unfortunately, pace me during, like, a rougher patch. There was a lot of walking. A lot yeah. of quiet, which is unusual for me. And I, he tried so, so hard to be supportive, but everything he was doing was just, like, not helpful for me. He, <laughs> came, he came back and he told me how scared he was of you. <laughs> he told me how scared he was. He, I felt so bad. I wanted to be cheerful, and I just couldn't talk. Yeah. No, he said that you managed to get a few words out when uh, 
when he told he's trying to motivate you and he was telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you tell this story well we are climbing up this hill mountain we were climbing up a mountain <laughs> and that was at like mile 70 and it was in altitude and i'm still i've gotten better with altitude but it's still a, ch- a challenge for me mm-hmm. um and he, he turns around and he's like holy shit danielle there's like a ton of headlamps and they're all gonna catch us and i was like strat that's not helpful <laughs> at all and he was like oh so then he kept walking and then he turns around and he looks at me he's like this is really not a big hill. He's like, this is really easy. Like, come on, let's move. And I was like, I hate you. I was so mad. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to you. And then we got to mile 86. And the aid station lady told me that there was 20 more miles left. And I just burst out crying. I was like, I, I don't even know, like, why I cried at that moment. And she felt so bad and then I felt bad and then I was like I just gotta keep moving so Strat like tried to talk to me and I was like no just keep moving <laughs> so I kept moving and then I got my second wind and I we ran for like the last 15 miles and then and then what happened oh and then my plan the whole time was to drop him yeah cause I always have this goal to drop my pacers <laughs> and so we're like sprinting well, it wasn't like sprinting. It was like 10-minute miles. But it felt like we were going like six-minute miles up this road. And he's like trying to beat me. And I was like, Strat, let me drop you. <laughs> let me win. Yeah. Let me win. But I didn't drop him. No. And I, he, he said he was working so hard. I really appreciated him so much. Like, he was such a trooper. I It can't have been fun for him. Those 40 miles took us forever. Yeah. So I, I say all this because – Dark Angel was your pacer for Twisted Branch. And he, having heard the stories of I Am Tough, (laughs) was so nervous waiting for you at Bud Valley. He was, like, legit nervous. He was was bouncing back and forth on his feet. (laughs) He's, like, doing quad stretches. (laughs) He was was legitimately concerned to to pace you. So. Am I that hard to pace? No, like he was concerned that you were going to blow his doors off. Oh, yeah, then... <laughs> I did tell him my goal yeah. was to drop him, too. Yeah, he wasn't concerned about your crankiness. This oh. is just 100K. Yeah. No, he was legit concerned that, like, he he's like, I his only training was the 15 miles that he ran at Mighty Mosquito. He's well, one of the uh, team pod racers. In true Jason fashion, he told me, like, last weekend he went out to some hill and did – Repeats, and I was like, "You don't need to do that." <laughs> like, he was like, "No, it was really important." And I've been doing kettlebell workouts. <laughs> he's, he's, he was concerned, um, especially because this was such a like late-breaking development, you know. So, yeah, he's he's a good sport too. I messaged him, and was like, "Hey, you want to pace me?" Um, and his grandma in Cleveland. See, usually I really am. I don't think this is a secret though. I think. He wouldn't mind me telling this. I hope. Sorry, Jason. Um, his grandma had surgery, mm-hmm. like, on Thursday. So he had to drive down to Cleveland. And he wasn't going to tell me. But then he was worried he might not get back. And I was like, he was like, well, I just don't want to stress you out. I was like, Jason, like, your grandma's surgery is so much more important than any race. Mm-hmm. Like, please, like, do not bother coming back if you 
need to be there for her. I can run this race alone. Like, it'll be fine. I'll find someone. Well, I'd probably just run alone. But it just didn't matter. And he was so worried about it. It was really mm-hmm. sweet. But, like, we got to prioritize things in life. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was he was excited to run with you. Yes. Definitely. I think that was a big deal. But yeah. he was he was so excited about it. And then he heard all of Stratton's stories. And then like he was just, and then he knew that your goal, right? And then he knew that you were gonna be running up front. And when we told him, like, yeah, she's running in second place, you know, um, it, it became a thing. So <laughs> it was it was great. It was really good. Um, so let's start at the start. Uh, you had a relaxing Friday evening before the race? So my plane actually got delayed, (laughs) and I was supposed to fly out Wednesday night, and then it got delayed for a full 24 hours, and then I was stuck in Chicago once I got on the plane the next day. So I actually didn't get in until 2 a.m. late, what, Thursday? Wednesday, I don't remember. What day is it? I don't know. I, I was know. really confused because the mailman was driving down the street today. And I was like, I think it's Sunday. Why is there a mailman? Amazon. Amazon. Because of Amazon. Mm. Anyways. So anyways, I got in like a day later, a day and a half later. And then I, Laura Howard, who's awesome and always supporting me and having my back, let me sleep in her trunk with her. <laughs> In a in like my brain, it felt like a good idea because I wouldn't have to clean up my tent in the morning because the start was at four a.m., which is really one a.m. my time. Um, but it it was a little short, so I didn't really fit. It's fine for Laura. (laughs) It's good for Laura, but I didn't really fit, so I didn't really sleep at all. Oh, but whatever. So then we woke up Mm -hmm. and started the race. That was it, right? And you yeah. just walk up. Hey, were you nervous at all? You just walk up to You're like, oh, this is a downhill start. I got this. You no, know, I get nervous before every race. Yeah. And then I have to, like, go through a pep talk in my head. Like, this is for fun. Mm-hmm. And if you're not having fun out there, then, like, I mean, clearly not the entire time is not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, like, enjoying yourself some of the time, then. Well, and you have to keep it registered that it, it's. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's not fun. Right, right. right. And I, I was using this race to prepare for an upcoming race. Um, so I kept telling myself not to be nervous, but I just, I do. I like own, mm-hmm. I get nervous before every race. It mm-hmm. could be 5K, and I'd be like, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, because 5Ks are hard. They're That's so what? hard. <laughs> I like to walk and eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so you, you're at the start. Are you thinking that you're, you're going to run up front and rip this right from the beginning? No, my goal was to start uh, more conservative because I felt like I didn't do that. I, I am tough, and mm. I'm trying to practice being patient. Um, mm. But it's really hard for me mentally to stay slower in the or be conservative in the beginning because – I get like antsy. Yeah, um, you're feeling good and Yeah. And so I tried and then I got to the first aid station quicker than I thought because I had my not my GPS but my like Timex. So I knew generalized mm-hmm. generally, but I thought there was like 10 or 15 girls in front of me. Mhm. Um so 
I was like, I feel like I'm moving fast, too fast, but there's so many girls in front of me. And then I, so, backstory. I read this book by Deanna Castor. Dina. Dina Castor. Dina yep. Castor. Sorry. She's yep. like some famous runner. She actually, I, I, I have. Um, you did a I've, podcast with her? No, but I, I've met Dina Castor. Is she nice? Uh, yeah. And I had, I got an opportunity to chat with her and she cool. is, she's great. I really, uh, I learned a lot from like 20 minutes of talking with That's her. That's awesome. I felt like my head was full when I got done talking with her. My friend Stacy gave me her book and it's uh, about a lot about mental uh, attitude and like mm-hmm. how you talk to yourself. Yep. Um, and in her, her spin cycle. Yeah, and yeah. in the past, I've kind of had a difficult time talking about this, but um, I am very negative towards myself during runs sometimes. I'm, like, really, really hard on myself. Um, and I'm reading this book, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I being so tough on myself? And this is not benefiting me. Um, and a lot of people, when they hear that, they're, like, I guess surprised that I am because – I come off as being really positive because I am. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the duality. Like, you can totally be both things, like yeah. hard on yourself and have Outward, fun. And, outwardly positive. Yeah. But, like, I get down on myself and I'm like, I'm not a good runner. I'm not having fun. This is miserable. I don't look like runner. Why am I out? You know, like all this shit that in the reality doesn't matter. So, I read her book and I've been working really hard at like not just being positive when I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Like using the negative time to remember to be kind to myself. Yeah, I like how um, when when I talked with her, um, one of the things that she was always saying was that is practice. Yeah, right. You don't you don't just you can't only do it the day of your big race. Yeah, like you have to train doing it. You know, so you you have to positively. You have to work your positivity muscles yeah. in a way, you know. So, so you had a bad run. Great. What, what did, what can you take from it? Well, I ran. Right. right? Or she used to talk about her spin cycle. Well, my my right hamstring's cramping, but boy, that left hamstring's really feeling great yeah. right now. You know what I mean? And she talked about like the race being a celebration of all your training instead yeah. of like your final test. Right. Just being like a, I made it through all this training and here's my party. Right. You know, so th- those kinds of things are like the things that stuck with me, you know. And as a therapist, I know that like you're to nerd out for a little bit, but the neurochemistry in your brain is like it gets stuck in patterns. So if you're constantly being negative to yourself, that's your comfortable pattern and you'll stay there. So if you just try to do it once or twice, your brain's going to go back to habit. So you literally are changing your neurochemistry in your brain. That seems like a difficult thing to do. Yeah. it's really hard I mean we're we're habitual people Mm -hmm. Um, but again I think that putting in perspective like life isn't it's short and it's and if we're not enjoying and being positive and and that's not to say like at times shit doesn't suck like you're gonna Mm -hmm. still it's okay to admit it but it's also Mm -hmm. okay to be like and I'm gonna get over this part Mm -hmm. and I think that's why I do like ultra so long is that that moment of suckage stops like, if you can just hang on to the next aid station, you're probably going to get better. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're throwing up and, like, really sick. And and one of the things I, I love about Twisted Branch is 
the energy that's that's at that race. Yeah. The aid stations, the people, all all throughout that race, you got eleven aid stations just full of energy. You know, every every six miles or so, and um, especially you coming back to to Rochester. You know, so what was what was that like? Did did that help you stay out of those areas, or did you even get into those areas? No, I definitely. Uh, well, you know. The, when I first like thought I was running fast and there was like 10 girls ahead of me, I did get a little like, oh, what is going on? And then I practiced that positivity and then it started to rain and it was so funny because the rain, it was like downpouring and the rain was like to your knees in some spots and I just thought it was so funny. So I was like <laughs> laughing and just, and I was like, remember saying to myself, like, this is not really that fun, but I'm still having fun. It's absolutely ridiculous yeah, conditions like, out there. <laughs> like, you just got to laugh at the absurdity of it all. I Yeah, and I, I got to run a few miles with Weldon, and we caught up mm-hmm. a little bit. And I had a, yeah, I was having fun. Um, not that there weren't times that things weren't really hard. Um, because it rained so much, my butt started to chafe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was not fun yeah mine too let me yeah. tell you what, all of us at this morning all all of the race team we all had the, like the little boat leg in the <laughs> i've never had a i've run in rain before but i think because everything was so wet mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever chafed it yeah well the humidity was just really bad before mm-hmm. and then it rained and then then you still got like you know it, so it stopped raining maybe about 10 a.m., maybe, some 10.30, something like that. And then you still got 10 more hours left, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it was really fun being able to see everyone at the aid stations and just keep moving. Did you um, at any point, like, switch into race mode, like searching out ponytails? Were you, were you chasing them down? Someone told me she was, like, four minutes ahead of me at one point, which yeah. was not true. Right. Um, then I was very motivated. Yeah. And Jason and I talked a lot about getting her. But then she was, like, a half an hour in front of me with six miles left and moving well. And someone said she looked very determined. And I was like, oh, I don't think we're going to get her. Yeah. At, um, at Bud Valley, at, so – Leading up to Bud Valley, you were sort of cutting into she was she was at one point I think like thirty five minutes ahead of you, and by Bud Valley she was like twenty five, so you you had caught up a little bit, and this is all anecdotal because I haven't slept in three days, but I was looking at it, and um, then you were pretty much holding steady for about twenty miles, maybe you'd lose a minute or gain a minute, you know, so you were holding steady for the middle twenty miles, and then. Something happened um, where she had like a little bit of a faster split, and um, by by the, you got to Mitchellsville and she was at Urbana, so uh, you were yeah. you were at like nine and she was at ten, and it was like, oh well, yeah. I, and I mean, I think I don't really pay attention to like who, like I know some of the runners out mm-hmm. there, like the good runners, but I, I like people were telling me, oh, she's real awesome runner she looks really good she i mean she was just people are just saying she was just grinding it out like just a steady you know i i was not up in 
I did not see her. Yeah. Uh, um, but I saw you. So I got to Bud Valley like right after she had left. So I didn't get to really see. But I, I love strong women runners. So I'm like, I, I think it's awesome. Like yeah, the, me too. The more I, stronger women runners out there, yep, the better. Absolutely. And that's, to me, that's, I mean, that's why I was asking if you ever turned into like race mode where you're like, wow, okay, I'm up here. I'm in second place. Let's see what I can really do here. And it sounded like you were because you're trying to get Jason to convince you that you could do. Oh, yeah. I was you know. like trying to hunt her down, but it just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just what, didn't work. What are you going to do? <laughs> I know? didn't get her. Yeah, but so. no, I mean, I, I didn't even, I guess she didn't feel well at the end of the race. So I didn't even get to congratulate yeah. her. But I mean, she, that it was a tough day. She mm. was solid. She was awesome. Yeah. And then you were ahead. Um, I, mine's buzzing. Sorry. That's me blowing up. Um, but yeah, and then the you um, and the third place woman were separated by about an hour, I think, um, maybe even a little bit more. No, I don't think so. I think she came in like twenty minutes after me. You think so? Aaron? Yeah, because I saw her. Erin came in like twenty minutes after you. Hmm. I most of the race I was like alone, alone. Al- alone, alone until like, you met up with like Weldon. Jason. Well, Weldon in the beginning, we ran together like the f- three miles. But then other than that, there was this guy, Pete. Pete Kresak? Yeah. Pete, Pete's amazing. Yeah, I just met him. Oh, um, he's so Pete, he's from Ithaca. Yeah, he was very nice. Yeah, we're going to get him on the podcast soon. You should. He's I, very nice. I really, uh, yep. He, he helped me cross a stream because <laughs> <laughs> it was really deep. And he was like, I wouldn't go that way. So he actually <laughs> turned around and was like, gave me some advice um but yeah other than that it was pretty yeah. desolate out there i was like jason and i joked that maybe there was no one actually running a race and that <laughs> we were just like out alone in the woods but you know what like i think i was really determined and then i got to jason and we talked i mean we were moving but we talked and we laughed and like it was so fun like yeah i had such a good time even running up that river out of in out of Bud Valley, <laughs> like right after Bud Valley, it's it's basically a legit you know river. Yup. <laughs> I don't remember that My contribution. Yeah, Mort Mort's really chomping at the bit to talk about his twisted branch experience. Oh, that. It it's basically like a stream. You're running up a stream of rocks, and then it turns into mud. I was just really but, excited to see Jason. Yeah, I think so. The, so I because I mean we maybe s- maybe you're on Jason's back. Yeah, no, just <laughs> take my prize money. <laughs> no, um, no, I was just really excited to see him. I mean, we haven't talked in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk, but we haven't like run together. And he, I did a lot of my running with him and more and Jeff and Strat. Like, mm-hmm. we did a lot of our adventuring together. So. Yeah, we reminisce. We thanked volunteers. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was so fun. Nice. And then we had like four miles left, and I really had to poop. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, did not want to stop. And I was mm. really frustrated mm. <laughs> that this was going on because I want to tell me about it. Yeah, I I did not want that to be happening. So then I finished. And everyone was there, and it was so fun. And my niece and my nephews were there, and they were so stinking cute. And my older sister, and then I saw them, and then I ran to the bathroom. 
excuse me, I'm going to go die. <laughs> yep. So you were right. Um, you were 26 minutes behind Emmeline. And then um, Aaron Clark was thir- uh, 23 minutes behind you. Yeah. So you had it. Yeah. Lockdown. Top Bizarre. Women's top three, 1403. 1429 and 1446. So, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, for a rainy, rainy, muddy 100K. Um, So, the overall, it was so fun, but I got to know, how many dog day was it? So, I actually only saw like three dogs, Mm. which is very disappointing. Mm -hmm. It was Um, a three dog day? No. I added some dogs. Okay. This is, these are bonus dogs. Yeah. Well, when we were running, cause you run through some streets and there's like dogs and I was talking to them. Nice. And, and they, like, they weren't participants in the race though. They were. No. I mean, I'd probably say it was like a 11 dog day. Whoa. Really? Out of 10. Yeah. Wow. It was a perfect day. 11 dog day, Mart. Well, maybe 10 cause of the butt chafing. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's legit problem. You know? Yeah. That's going to bother me for like a few days. <laughs> When you got to sit on a plane? Oh, no. I know. No. Uh, my coach has me running on Wednesday and uh, if I feel okay. Mm-hmm. And I was actually thinking about it when I was running, and then I was like, stop it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Right. Let Wednesday be future Danielle's problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't worry about that or the butt chafing until we finish. Yeah. So um, since you're in the mode of giving out secrets – What's this what's this future race you have on the docket? Oh god, I get see this is like another thing that I'm trying to get better about is I get really nervous talking about races beforehand. Um but I'm trying after reading that book, but I'm running the bear. Ooh. In September. Ooh. Yeah. In Logan, Utah. And yeah. I have an amazing crew. Yeah. We did Mort and I just slapped hands cuz Mort's coming down. Yeah. And my friend and his friend, Erica. Yeah. And then uh, Aaron, who's my fiance, and then my friend Jameson. Wow. So it's gonna be an awesome crew. Yeah. Um, it's another really gnarly race. Good. And it's in altitude, and I have been trying to get up to altitude as much as I can out in Bend. Um, but I think that will the weather and that should be quite the challenge Mm -hmm. yeah and the uh the interesting part about this like trying right and being positive about that now you now it's out there right and now you're gonna have a whole bunch of people in rochester hear it on the podcast yeah and you're gonna share with a whole bunch of people can we not play this podcast to like (laughs) and then after the bear (laughs) but then but then they're gonna contact you and then they're gonna be like all positive and then you're gonna take that and use it and yeah then it'll be great and again i think it's less or i'm trying to remember that it's less about the outcome and more Mm -hmm. about the experience about the adventure right yep yep yeah that'll be great yeah, it should be a good time mm-hmm. and really hard. Mm-hmm. And just a month away. And just a month away. And as I was running this race, I was like, how am I going to run 35 more miles? I, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, that's uh, going to be something. It's just like, it's like another 50K. That's yeah. It. Well, Jason and I were like doing the math if, it, if we had gone for 100. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like any run that you do. You're like, how could I do that much more? But you do it. Right. 
there were people that finished Twisted Branch that never thought in their life they were going to run 100K. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I, I have, I really like crewing and going to ultras. I just really enjoy it, right? right? Yeah. One of the things that I find most interesting is people will gut it all the way to the finish line. And as soon as they get to the finish line, they're like, right? Yeah. And it just all comes out of them and they're just done. And I just think about that of like, as they're going, well, what if you just move that finish line one more mile? They're probably going to be able to go that next mile, right? So the idea of somebody said, um, sorry, this isn't really a 62-mile race. This is a 65-mile race. The finish line's over there. They could make it, even though if the finish line was right there, they would collapse over it and be like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I can't run another step. Yeah, I mean, and that that's kind of my thought around the GPS watch, even though I was kind of annoyed not knowing what mile I was at because um, mm-hmm. this is my first time doing a race without a GPS watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you're going to just run till you get to the finish. Right. Like you just gotta go till you till you finish. Yep. And your body's gonna give you and your mind is gonna give you enough right. to get to the finish. Yeah. If you think the finish is one step in front of you or three miles down the road, right? And I've also kind of had this uh change of perspective about DNFing. Not that I want to DNF, um, but I I talk a lot to my clients about how if you're not willing to try and put yourself out there and risk a DNF um, or risk failing, then you're never really trying. Mm-hmm. Because if you're always playing it safe and you're always doing things that you know you're going to succeed at, then of course you're never going to fail. But like, then you're also like not taking a risk. And mm-hmm. for me, instead of looking at DNFs as like a failure, really trying to embrace like you, as long as you gave it your all. Well, Twisted Branch was my first hundred, my first ultra, awesome, and my first DNF, right? So it was my first hundred k finish, and then the next year it was my first DNF. So love the race still. It's not like I hold that DNF against it. Well, it did help me grow because that meant I didn't have to go back in the third year because I didn't have a streak of finishing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's also another way to look at it. Yeah, it gave me an opportunity to become. You know, oh. a different, uh, to participate in the race differently. Yeah. You know, so. It's all about yeah. your perspective. Yeah. So I know you have to get jetting. Yeah. Right? It's past my bedtime. It is. I know. I don't want you to turn into whatever you turned into on the trail with Strat. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Watch out, Mort. Yeah. yeah. Mort, watch out. Uh, tune in next week when Mort tells us about his Twisted Branch yes. race. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Daniel, you can go. Mort, you're on. No. <laughs> all right. We would sweat too much. But yeah, it's a little warm in here today. Um, all right, well, thank, thank you very you much. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited that you came and took a little bit of your time to thanks. hang out here. Thanks for being out on the course. In the hot box. You're welcome. It was great watching you run. It so. was so fun to find you out there. Yeehaw. All right. Kay. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. 